once more unto the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Personal Wealth Coach, starring Jake and Jeff McClure. McClure. Uh, together, we are The Personal Wealth Coach, uh, at least for this radio program. Uh, but we have some disclosures to give as we um, move into a, a self-proclaimed exciting episode. Um, whether or not it is an exciting episode is, is truly up to the ear of the listener. Um, beauty is in the ear of the listener. And we don't fall under that category, nor would we attempt to claim to be beautiful. However... We have disclosures. Those were the first ones. We're not beautiful, and that you get to choose what beauty is. Next disclosure is we're both bald and bearded. Um, next disclosure is the personal wealth coach is also the name of an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Not coincidentally, the two people talking on the radio are the principals of that firm. We can't, having said that, offer investment advice on the air because it's supposed to be fiduciary in the best interest of the person getting the advice. There's usually some kind of an agreement involved, and it's supposed to be private. None of that stuff's available for general broadcast purposes, so this is education, or at least uh, re-education. We, we have a camp for that. If, if uh, Summer camp for re-education. If you would like to join, please sign up through the local Gestapo. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, economics is one of those that you may feel like you're in a re-education camp. Um, just a minute. My, my microphone level's a little bit off. It's up too high. There, that's better. It's a bit better anyway. Okay. Um, the next disclosure is I just told you that the firm is an SEC registered investment advisory firm and boy, doesn't it sound amazing to drop names of government organizations. That wasn't meant to be a name drop. It was not meant for you to believe that we have somehow been approved or given golden status by the SEC. They don't do that. They don't know how to do that. They wouldn't know how to do that if they had instructions to do that. They don't approve of things. They are very good at disapproving, and they haven't disapproved of us yet. So that that's, I guess, but... Well, in a sense, they kind of passively disapprove of everything. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a passive disapproval. They're just waiting for the mistakes. It's, it's basically, we disapprove until further notice, yes. until there's, when in doubt, disapprove. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me, too. That's, that's basically our relationship with the SEC. We're registered with them. They don't approve of us. But so far, they haven't told us we're being bad either. So, there. Um, well, next, it's, it's the Lincoln County Wars. Um, where Billy the Kid was a deputy right, and not a deputy at the same time. Right. It's the regulators. And the moderators. the moderators. Right. And we're moderators on this radio program. And they're regulators. So, it's the Lincoln County Wars. Well, hopefully, we're not going to have like shooting battles they're gonna get upset if you start no, no, making no, no. references like that well no it's lawyers who do it now it's uh, you know attorneys they they fight each other in court rather than shooting each other so they shoot each other with their still, with their computers still don't want them to fight us in court it, okay all right, no, so, no we don't all right that so uh we're we're also get our well i'll get you i'll let you do the deeming of information how's that well, on this educational radio program, you notice I went to my radio voice there. I, I couldn't tell the, the difference because you're right. still on the radio. On this, on this educational radio program, 
we obtain our information. We obtain our information from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. See, that's lawyer talk again. Very nice. And we do guarantee the in- inaccuracy and incompleteness of unsaid information. By the way, can I say something about the SEC? I'll say something about the SEC. Uh, I'm a little scared, but the go S- ahead. I am really glad we have the SEC. Uh, we enjoy, as everybody else does, griping about regulators and, and so on. But the fact that we have a dependable, relatively stable method of exchanging securities and buying and selling securities. And people don't even think about the fact that when they buy a mutual fund or they buy a stock or something, it's there. They don't ever see it. It's, you know, it's, they, they see, so they see a statement or they see something on their computer. And we in the United States have this wonderful blessing of if you buy, and I'm not recommending buy, if you buy a hundred shares in a corporation in the United States, or you buy a hundred shares or a thousand shares or a thousand dollars worth of a mutual fund, you don't have anything appear in your hand that you can touch. They're intangible. But we just assume in the United States, it's really there. Yeah. And every once in a while, somebody will come along and slip between the cracks like Madoff and sell you stuff that's not there. And the SEC pretty much inevitably figures that out and takes them apart and they wind up going to prison, which is a good thing. Yeah, we we complain about the fact that it takes a long time to do it. But in other nations, it's pretty common for it just to happen all the time. and Nobody gets caught because nobody's looking or the ones that are looking are on the payroll. So we're pretty happy with with the system that we have, but don't let that confuse you with not going to complain about the system because we've got lots to complain about. So, <laughs> uh, uh, we do not pay for this radio program. We buy advertisement on the station for the radio program, as does the studio. So it, there is no quid pro quo. This is not paid commercial programming we've been doing this program he's been older baldy's been doing it since 1996 after two years i joined him in 98 which means that i've been doing this for 24 years and you've been doing this for 26 years so combined we've been doing it for 50 years no the dates don't line up for that you can't combine experience when it's the same experience anyway let's talk about the markets yes well, we had the first week of the new month and the first week of the new quarter happened last week, this week, still this week since we're talking about time. And um, what's happened, and this is very, very common during this part of the economic cycle, and we are in an economic cycle. Bad news is good news and good news is bad news, which it confuses a lot of people. I was listening to the radio this morning and people really were very confused about that. Basically, anytime there's good news in the economy, people are afraid the Federal Reserve is going to raise rates further, faster, and they're going to cause a big recession in the economy to come crashing down in flames. So anytime that there's good economic news that any other time would cause the market to go up, it causes the market to go down. And if you understand that, you probably can get a Nobel Prize. Yes. Um, What happened was the job growth rate became less than it has been in the past. But it's running at approximately twice normal speed. What does that mean? In other words, 263,000 new jobs uh, were created last month, net of layoffs. 
And um, that's about twice as many as the economy can normally tolerate. We indeed lost a lot of job openings. They dropped by 1.1 million. Um, But there's still way too many job openings. And as a result, wages are going up, which means the Federal Reserve says inflation is going to go up because wages are going up at 5% a year. And so the stock market went down on Friday. It went up the first part of the week because everybody, well, people were hoping, traders on Wall Street were hoping to see a bad jobs report and they got a good jobs report, which was bad. And it, like I said, that's pretty, anyway, the, the S&P stock index is the one S&P 500 stock index, which is what we use as the representation of the main stock market. Um, rose, now get this, it rose 1.5% this week. You wouldn't know it from the headlines. You'd think it crashed. It closed at 36, 39.66. Um, so that little rise left it roughly where it was at the bottom in mid June. So we we're not for, we're not down, we're not up. We're pretty much where we were in June. Um, it's down twenty three point six four percent year to date, seventeen point one two percent from one year ago. Now let's back up. If you are an investor and not a speculative trader, and I don't think a lot of speculative traders listen to this show. Um. Then look back three years and you'll see that the S&P 500 is up about 23%. It's up 63% from where it was in March of 2020, the last time we had a bear market, which if you were thinking about bailing out at that point uh, and you're thinking about bailing out now, that should give you some lessons right there. Um, And this is a critical thing. We mentioned this in the newsletter, but this is something to, to get in mind. The bull market top just before the pandemic induced bear market of 2020 was 3386 okay did you get to 3386 okay that's that's we the are top, at a low the top pre-pandemic the highest part of the bull market just before the pandemic in 2020 okay we are currently at a bottom maybe not the bottom but a bottom in the bear market at 3639 in other words, the bottom so far in this bear market, and it's twice gone down there and then turns around and comes back, um, is higher than the top in the last bull market before this one. It's a really good perspective for anybody that's been in the market a while. If you jumped in the market in the pandemic, probably not a good perspective for you because you feel like you have lost large amounts of money. Time is one of those things that I'm not sure it heals all wounds because decapitation is, I don't know if that's a wound. It's a fatal wound, I guess. But time as a reference item sure makes the market's downs seem less painful. It's still painful, but less painful. And if you have a longer perspective, it becomes even more dramatic. Anyway, the uh, we follow another index, the CRSB US Mid-Cap Value Index, because we like value and we like Mid cap, and so we like mid cap value. Well, hold on, I, I have to. I have to call this out. You just made a reference that I should respect your age, and I appreciate that. There, that's very nice. It was, you really, like I said time doesn't heal all wounds. I was all philosophical, and it, and then you added just that little blurb that they're in. And the more time you have, the more dramatic it is. I respect your age. Thank you. Thank you for telling thank me. you. Thank, thank you very much. Okay, back back to you. I I, I am well aged, like, <laughs> like good wine. Anyway. Um, the ZRSP U.S. Mid-Cap Value Index. And this is something that is more or less typical behavior through history. Uh, it doesn't always happen in the short term, but the, the Mid-Cap Value Index was up 1.7% close at uh, 
for the week to close at 2134.66 and down 17.81% this year. Now, with all these numbers flying around, put this in put this in context. Mid cap value is down 17.81%. The S&P 500 is down 23.64%. Why is that? That is a historically long-term normal relationship. Value stocks are priced on the underlying value of their assets. Growth stocks are priced on the hoped-for earnings in the future. During down markets, historically, and this is not doesn't happen 100% of the time, but during down markets, historically, and particularly over long periods of time, value-based stocks fall less far because they have further, less far, far to fall. And in this particular case, they're doing exceptionally well. And and this is the thing I wanted to say about the stock market. Everything seems to be working out there pretty much as what we call portfolio theory says it ought to, uh, despite the fact that the news media is proclaiming it's not. Now, by the way, the bond market for down 14.6% this year. So if you say a mixture of stocks and bonds, you ought to do really, really well. No, because it's a myth that stocks go up and when bonds go down and bonds go down when stocks go up. No, it doesn't work that way. Uh, but anyway, this is what's what's going on out there. The yield on the U.S. 10-year Treasury note, we follow that pretty closely. That rose uh, rose to 3.89%. Now, the two-year Treasury note climbed to 4.3%. And when the two-year note is yielding higher than the 10-year note, that is a signal from the Treasury market that it thinks – it's kind of like a falling barometer. You're along the coast and the barometer is falling pretty fast. You might want to consider moving inland for a little while. Um, so we have an inverted yield curve, uh, which is a signal that there's a recession coming of some kind. Uh, the Treasury curve actually became more pessimistic this week because the 10-year note, the one I just cited, 3.89, now has a higher yield than the 30-year bond, which means that the whole, pretty much the whole Treasury yield curve is backwards, which is an indication that we're probably going to have a recession. Um, so there it is. Um, now, the Treasury market, if you look out at it, the two and three year notes, and, and it's a it's a free auction bid market. So it's the what you're seeing in these interest rates is the opinion of people who are buying treasuries and selling treasuries about what they think interest rates will be in the future. Two and three years from now. The Treasury market is telling us interest rates, short-term interest rates will be around 4.3, a little over 4.3, 4.6%, something like that. Well, since short-term rates right now are still in the 3% range, that means there's probably uh, the, the Treasury market and not coincidentally, several members of the United of the Federal Reserve Board are strongly suggesting that short-term rates will rise another 50%. And here is a key point. If short-term rates rise another 50%, and mortgage rates are where they are today. Mortgage rates generally tend to follow the Fed. We may see 11% mortgages next year. That will be devastating to the price of houses. Yeah. We may see the interest rate on automobile loans go from 6% to 9 or 10%. That will be really hard on auto sales. Just, just as a is, real quick time out here. Those of you that are suddenly saying, no, this couldn't happen, 11%, that's way above. Interest rates on mortgages uh, being issued right now fall right at the 7% mark when you add in the closing costs and so on. It's almost at 7% without that. Is that. If you're actually looking at what you pay over the life of the loan, we're at 7%. When 
two years ago, it was two and a half percent. So the spread between two and a half percent and seven percent is less than between seven and 11. It's, mm. We're more than halfway there. And if we just keep doing what we're doing, this is a very real concept. We could very, very easily crater the housing market here. And that's what people are afraid of. And that's what people are writing about who are scared. People in the real estate business, the people in the housing business, uh, people who do real estate investments uh, and, and broker them are really getting nervous at this point about what the Federal Reserve doing. They want to slow the economy down. And if people stop buying houses and they stop building houses, that will slow the economy down. And if it's already showing up and the price of lumber falling and the housing starts falling. So what the Fed is doing is working. It's going to take a while for it to show up in the inflation room numbers, mainly because the inflation numbers have a one-year lag on them. Yeah. But... um yeah. That's the market. We're, we're they got seeing, lots more to talk about. We're seeing the month-to-month month reactions. Oh, by the way, gold the, keeps falling too. Yeah, over the last three months, the month-to-month month inflation numbers oh. in the United States don't look like inflation numbers. They look like no inflation numbers. Um, They're starting to look a little bit like deflation numbers. Yeah, and which tells us something that the Federal Reserve is really well doing its job. It may be that they're trying to reverse some of the inflation that already occurred. And the way you would do that is by cratering house prices and cratering vehicle prices because there was a lot of inflation in there above any other expectation on inflation in those two areas specifically. If they're trying to reverse it, that's disinflationary. Now you're moving backwards. That's deflation on bringing prices down. Uh, so we'll see. Well, let's... let's in case people have tuned in late a little bit about the markets, markets, uh, contrary to what you may have read, the market, the stock market was up about 1.5% for the week. Uh, and, and while it's still down mm, 23, 25%, depending on what part of the stock market you're in from the beginning of the year. Um, and it's back down to where it was in June, by the way. Uh, this is the second time it's hit that bottom. And when it comes to the bottom, it bounces off of it fairly nicely. That's what the technical people call it. Uh, an interesting thing to watch. Yeah. The bottom of the market in the two dips we've seen so far, and by the way, air markets typically have two dips. This would be number two, so we're a little bit optimistic. Um, this that may have been the bottom. We never, nobody really knows. But the bottom of this bear market, the two bottoms it's hit, are significantly higher than the top of the bull market just before the pandemic. It's one of those situations where. If you put it in, in long-term investment perspective and stay away from the panic news media citations, what you see is that today's bottoms are higher than yesterday's tops. And that is a good, healthy place to be. And uh, I really am optimistic going forward. One of the things that's true when, when it comes to some kind of recession or some kind of stock market decline or something like this, major stock market declines don't come after the stock market has been as it gets as low as it comes today. Could it go lower? Sure. It, could it crash? Well, market crashes have something that are absolutely consistent. Market crashes come when the market is absurdly high and people are even saying the market is absurdly high. You will not find anybody saying the market is absurdly high right now. So the fear that the market is going to crash 
set that one beside. Historically, this has never happened under these circumstances. So it's kind of like if you're on the coast and you're concerned about hurricanes and you have an unusually high barometer reading that day, don't be concerned about hurricane that day. So that's one thing that's out there. Another thing that's out there is maybe there was some place to hide during this thing. Well, maybe a savings account, but bonds are down about 14.6%. That's the Morningstar core uh, bond index, uh, which is probably as good a rating as anything else out there. Um, so don't feel bad if things are down somewhat. Three-year returns in the markets are still good. Um, we're still looking at uh, some tremendous pluses, I think, coming down the road. So we're still, we continue to be optimistic and think things are going to get, given some time, things are going to get a lot better. And that's something that's important to bear in mind and, and as you hang in. By the way, I have seen less panic in the people I talk to relative to the stock market in this downturn than in any one I've ever seen, which is a real plus. People are becoming better educated. Well, I think this is more a nature of who our clients are rather than actually less panic because the panic has occurred. It's just mostly in a different group of people, the people that really are relatively new to the market they typically have crypto in their accounts, maybe have some GameStop in there. They've got the meme stocks and they were talking about the difference between Dogecoin and Bitcoin with a great deal of confidence and enthusiasm not that long ago. What happened to Dogecoin, by the way? I heard anything about it recently. It's, all the cryptos are down. Doge has had some upward trends and some downward twin trends, but overall everything is down in crypto. Uh, that there's, there may be some exception in some tiny far away corner of the crypto market, but I haven't found it. Uh, and that's, that's the reality is that there's a lot of panic in the market right now. But if we, we have spent a lot of time <laughs> educating our clients to say not if, but when the market goes down, this is the price you pay to be in the market and get the returns that we've gotten historically is by not getting out when the market goes down. So we're not getting mass waves of panic calls, but I read the industry publications for stockbrokers, and the biggest thing on the list is what to do, how to talk to a client that's trying to jump off the ledge because they're all trying to jump off the ledge right now. And we're Mm. like, well, that doesn't occur too much with us. Our clients, don't get us wrong, our clients aren't happy that the market's down um, we're not happy that the market's down, but we know it's a reality of the world. If you're taking a uh, an extended trip on the ocean uh, that that's going to last months, and you say we will not experience bad weather, you are not planning well. <laughs> and if you're taking an extended trip on the market and you say, we will not experience down markets, then you are not planning well. You need to say, when bad weather occurs, when you need, we need to have lifeboats involved, and we need to have the ability to secure everything on deck so it doesn't fly off. And if you're planning for that, then that's good business, especially if your business is on the open seas. If you're in the markets and your business is going to be related to that, if your income is going to be related to what happens in the market long term, whether that's now or in retirement, then you need to plan for bad weather. It happens and you cannot avoid it. Those that claim to be able to generally have some kind of major weather event that causes them to disappear off the map completely. 
So you just need to plan for bad weather in the market. It happens. Not only does it happen, it needs to happen. It, it has to happen or you get all of these people on the waves that have no business being on the waves. Uh, we talk about GameStop, but it's basically, it's an open hole vessel that they're bailing water out of and people are saying, well, we'll just pay the captain more money. Um, that The boat's not been fixed. It's still got holes in it. it what, what are you going to do when a storm hits? Oh, storms, those aren't that big a deal. <laughs> They are, folks. They are. And that's, you know, if that's a pretty good analogy of how you should approach the market. You've got to recognize that bad weather events happen. And if you're not planning for them, you're going to get a bad surprise. Um, mm. And that, that, so just keep it as part of your forever. It's really easy for us to tell you that now because the market's down, but I would recommend you go back and listen to our program in December of last year when we were saying plan for down markets when the market wasn't down. This is something that, you know, it, it's just good business sense to recognize markets are not uniformly upward or we wouldn't have those weird graphs with the ups and downs of the market. You don't just have a steady increase. There is an immutable law with investments, with money for that matter. The larger the long-term gain you're attempting to achieve and can achieve historically, if you look back at history, the greater the fluctuation in value will be over time. That means down. So, <laughs> it really does. It means down. And, and it's just a reality. If you're shooting for a long-term return of, let's say, 5% or 6%, you're going to have significant variance in your market value. And, and Very significant To variance. flip that around to something that's easier to understand, if you are suddenly finding that you have a skilled job that is going to bring you a whole bunch of money, you start a small business, you invest $300,000 in your workshop, in the first year, that workshop is worth a lot less than $300,000. It's not finished. You got a bunch of stuff that you purchased at high price that you cannot sell at high price because it's all equipment. But in order to make a high profit, you need that stuff. So you have to see the value fluctuate in order to get the profit. That doesn't mean that all value fluctuations lead to profit. That's where planning comes in. And we're about out of yeah. time for this, for this week. But I think it's worth thinking about that as we go. Um, if you would like to talk to us off the air, we actually give this kind of advice ongoing and up to ups and downs. So uh, if you'd like to talk to us off the air on advice and portfolio management areas, uh, if you need some help with that, if you're looking at your 401k and you don't understand it, if you've got stock options that you don't understand, we can help with that stuff. Uh, and we have voicemail waiting during the weekend, real live people during the week, uh, locally, you can reach those lines at 254-947-1111. Or you can reach that toll-free at 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. You can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com, where you can see our made-for-radio faces. You can read about our wonderful staff. Um, you can listen to our radio program going back and read newsletters going back. You can sign up for the newsletter there and get it every Friday. 
It's written by us in-house every week, and it is, in my opinion, one of the best on the planet, but I, I may be prejudiced there. Uh, you can uh, find our podcast anywhere they're available. Email us at jeff or jake at tpwc.com or the contact form. Thank you very much for listening. Until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.